from the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. What is going on, friends? Welcome to the Ad Sales Nation podcast. Thrilled to have you here. If you sell media every day just like me, you are a member, a bona fide citizen of the Ad Sales Nation. So stand proudly, give a big salute, and say to yourself, I am a part of something big, something great, the media business has been paying my bills, feeding my family for 28 years, and I love it more and more every day. But um, hey, you probably like me, it's a little challenging out there right now, wouldn't you say? And so we've got a lot of changes that are going on, and we're going to give you some success tips today. First and foremost on the podcast this month, we're going to talk about the sales call roadmap for success. What is that? What is the format that you can follow on nearly every single advertising sales call? that will give you, that will hedge your bet to get you closer to a sale on that call. I'm going to give you that advice here coming up in just a second. Then coming up on the show, Charity Huff from Digital Agency January Spring in Denver. We're going to talk about retargeting. You know those ads that follow you around on the internet after you search for something? Flat out they work, but how do we sell them and how do we help our advertisers not think they're sort of creepy? It's going to be a great conversation. And then, of course, listener questions. Love those listener questions. Uh, Mike from Openlook Business Solutions is going to give me some thoughts on uh, his thoughts uh, as it relates to these listener questions from Julie in Denver that's going to talk about call volume. David from Davenport. I'm guessing that's Davenport, Iowa. Talking about cold calling. Renee from Boston wanting to know about email technology. So that's all coming up. Uh, on this month's podcast. All right, well, I'd be a horrible sales coach, a horrible sales trainer if I didn't have some sponsors here of the podcast. So pay attention for the next 45 seconds. These are businesses and people you should be paying attention to out there right now. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at MagazineManager.com or NewspaperManager.com. Openlook Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, marketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. Deborah, thank you so much. You're awesome. Appreciate that. Appreciate all those fine folks that uh, take care of all of you out there and keep the Ad Sales Nation podcast absolutely free of charge to all of you. All right, listener questions coming up, Charity Huff coming up. Let's talk about the sales call roadmap. What, what's a map? What do you need a map for? Are we lost? What's going on? Well, some of you, you're lost. <laughs> you're just lost out there. And you're wondering, Ryan, I can't close deals. It's killing me. Well, it might be because you're constantly experimenting. Or it might be because you're stuck in 1980 sales land. Either one of those paths is not the right street to go down. There is a reason 
that football teams, basketball teams, etc., there's a reason they work plays. They run plays because they're trying to hedge their bets. They're trying to practice something that they truly feel is going to work. Now, if they realize it doesn't work, then they're going to make some changes to that plan. They're not going to keep running it over and over again if it if it fails. Well, as you probably are aware, I've had the opportunity to sit on literally thousands of sales calls myself and coach literally thousands of salespeople. And I've asked them all, what do you do that's great? What do you do that's not working? What are you doing that is working? And what I did is I came up with what I refer to as my sales call roadmap for success. Now, some people try to tell me, Ryan, you know, every sales call with an advertiser is different. Well, I mean, it, it is, but it's kind of like a, a hamburger. You go and get a hamburger from various different restaurants, and it's always going to have some of the same components. It's going to probably have a bun. It's going to have beef. It's going to be cooked a certain way. The ingredients might change here or there. But quite honestly, the main foundational pieces of an amazing burger are pretty much the same. And that's what I think of as a sales call. Now I'm getting hungry now that I've been thinking about this burger thing. But anyway, let's go through this sales call roadmap. I've got essentially six, seven steps I'd love for you to make note of. And if you'd like a copy of this sales call roadmap, um, you know, look down in the description of the podcast. I'm going to give you a link to download that. All right, let's walk through these. Number one, first and foremost, right off the top, I have an opportunity to meet with a client either face-to-face or an advertiser on the phone or on GoToMeeting or whatever. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to validate how much time that I have and I'm going to set the call agenda. So that's the very, very first thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to validate time and I'm going to set the call agenda. Why do I do this? I do this because it's psychological. Psychologically, when you're sitting with an advertiser, they're saying to themselves, oh my gosh, how long is this going to take? How much does this cost? I don't think I have any budget for it anyway, but I'm going to give this cat a few minutes of my time. If you promised 20 minutes, I want to start off by saying, hi, Bob, hi, Julie, whatever. Thanks so much for the 20 minutes. Do we still have 20 minutes? So whether you're Sandler or you're Dale Carnegie or whoever, this validating of time sets psychologically sets, you know, in motion a time clock. And that's okay. If a trainer tells you don't ever mention time, or that someone's time is valuable, fire them immediately because time is what people have and it's so valuable. Time is what people rather don't have <laughs> and it makes it so makes it really, really valuable to them. Then after I set my time and validate the time, I set my agenda. So my agenda is going to be, hi, Bob, thank you so much for the 20 minutes. Do we still have 20 minutes? He's like, yeah, Ryan, we've got 40 minutes. And I'm like, awesome. I planned on 20. I want to be respectful of your time. Bob, on our call today, I'd like to do three main things. And I try to stick agendas to three main things. Three main things. Number one, I'd like to share with you some examples of business owners like you that have been very successful marketing with us. Number two, I'd love to share some great ideas with you. I've come prepared with ideas I think that you're going to love based on your competitors, based on what I see you doing out there, of course, based on what you're going to share with me. And then number three, I'd like to figure out what is the best way for us to work together. I want to help you grow your business. Because if I help you grow your business, Bob, if I help you grow your business, Julie, I'm going to have you as a client for a lifetime. So I set my agenda three items. So that is, for me, step number one, validating the time and setting that call agenda. Now, when you don't set the agenda 
and you don't validate the time, they don't know how long the call is going to take. So they're uneasy. It's sort of like if you're sitting in church and you're looking up at the preacher and he's rambling on and on and on and you ask yourself, oh my goodness, how long is this going to take? Well, my dad taught me when he was a professional speaker as well as being a preacher, he said, Ryan, if you put an outline in the bulletin, people will know that you've got five points. When you get to the end of the five points, you probably are going to wrap up. It gives people a sense of comfort. That's why you want to validate time and you want to set an agenda. And that's number one. Number two, build trust fast through research, not through baloney. Build trust fast through research and not through baloney. So what do I mean by baloney? Baloney, I mean, uh, you know, you saw online that they're into fishing, and so you're talking about fishing, or you saw on their Facebook page that they went to Aruba on vacation, so you're talking about that. These are people that you really don't know very well, so rather than creep them out with that kind of research, I'd rather build trust fast by looking at their LinkedIn profile, finding if there's ways we can connect there, saying, hey, Bob, in preparation for our meeting, I saw on LinkedIn that you attended Boston College. My brother-in-law went there as well. Very small world, isn't it? Or, hey, Bob, in preparation for our meeting, I saw on your website that you've got a new partnership happening right now with John Deere. Um, that's amazing. How's that going? Or, hey, Julie, in preparation for our meeting, uh, I saw on your Facebook page that your company is doing a promotion with Why High Coolers. Um, that's amazing. How's it going? I want to build professional trust, not personal, creepy, weird stuff, not baloney. A lot of times back in the 80s, if you were a student of Dale Carnegie, one of the things that you very often would see is that building rapport is so important. It is. But there was a time and a day when relationships were everything. You really didn't make a sale unless you had a relationship with somebody. In today's crazy media environment, we're, we're doing a lot more transactional sales. It's not that I don't want to have a relationship with somebody. I absolutely do. But anymore, quite honestly, people just are willing to buy something, you know, but they don't really want to be your best friend. And quite honestly, that's okay. It's hurtful, but it's okay. So the second step is building trust fast. Now, my third step, step is something that everyone needs to pay attention to, and that is be careful of questions. Number three, be careful of questions. Not too many questions off the top because you don't want people to feel like they're being interrogated. You don't want people to feel like they're being led on some weird journey that they don't know where it's going to end. If you're asking open-ended questions just to get the conversation going, there's a better way of handling it. So for me, so many people ask probing questions, which are awesome, but they really have no reason to be asking those. They're asking them just to ask. Don't ask questions just to ask questions. Instead, what I'd like you to consider is my step number four, and that is sharing success stories. Step number four, sharing success stories. And the reason I want to share success stories, which are examples of other advertisers that love us, is because most advertisers are adverse to risk and they're adverse to change. Those are the two main things people don't like, taking risks and making change. So because of that, we want to share success stories to offset those two main human characteristics. So this is what I would say. Um, Julie, I'd love to share with you briefly, briefly share with you three examples of businesses similar to you that love their marketing partnerships with us. Would that be okay? And I have never in all my years had someone say, no, I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about people that fail. You know, they, people love to hear success stories. 
So that's step number four. Don't get too detailed. Don't get into the specifics. Talk in generalities. Here's an advertiser that's been with us for 15 years and they love us. Here's an advertiser that gave us a shot and has grown from a quarter to a half page to a full. Here's a person that when they started with our radio station, they just bought a couple of spots in Morning Drive and now they run all throughout the day. That's step number four, sharing success stories. Number five is where I'm going to really get into my questioning, my phase of the sales call where I'm going to question, but I'm going to go to my biggest go-to question you've heard me talk about a thousand times. And after I share success stories, step number five is determining market presence. Step number five, determining market presence. And this is how I find out. Bob, when you think about advertising in this community, or Julie, when you think about advertising to this industry, do you want to have a, a presence out there? Or do you want to be competitive? Or do you want to dominate the market? And I say it just like that. And I listen to their answer to that question, and that's going to guide me to my next step, which is presenting ideas right there and on the spot. So as I'm sharing my success stories, one of the things I might do is say, this is John Doe. You've probably heard of him. We consider him to be a dominant advertiser. He's been with us for 15 years, and we love him. This is Rex Smith. Rex is, you know, we'd consider him to be competitive, a competitive advertiser. Runs almost every month with us. Are you familiar with Rex? I am. I was in Rex's wedding. That's how deep of a relationship we have after all these years. Are you familiar with John Smith? Well, maybe, maybe not. Okay, well, John, John has a nice business here in town or a nice business in the region or a nice business in the industry or whatever. He's, you know, on again, off again advertiser. We really, really like him and he likes us a lot. He has kind of a presence in the market. That's what I do when I'm sharing those success stories. So when I get to step number five, determining market presence, you know, do you want to, you know, have a presence like, you know, John Smith? Or do you want to be competitive, you know, like so-and-so, like Rex? Or do you want to dominate? Do you want to dominate like John Doe? And they, when they answer that question and dominate, then what I can do is I can share my ideas with them on the spot. So that's step number six for me. Step number six is presenting ideas on the spot. I am not in favor of going to a sales call to discover things, to leave the sales call, to come back to present a proposal. Why would you do that? Well, Ryan, we have so many options. I know. But make an assumptive sale. Look at the client. Look at the category. Look at the industry. Look at the town. Look at the region. Figure them out. Make an assumptive sale. Say to yourself, what are the five or six things this person is probably going to need to be present, competitive, or dominant in this market. One of the worst things you can do is present a buffet to a client. I mean, there's there's nothing worse to do than to present every option you've got to a client. Well, I just don't know what they're going to want. Guess. Guess what they're probably going to want based upon their competition, their category, what they've done in the past. Make a guess so that you can go with ideas ready to go. Give them three options. Give them a dominant option with with some pieces and parts. Give them a competitive option with pieces and parts. Give them a presence plan, a basic plan that's like, eh, not all that great, but still gives them a presence in the market. Presenting those ideas on the spot is important because if you're dealing with a younger buyer and you're over the age of 50 and you show up to somebody that's 30 years old, you're already working a disadvantage. You're already, you know, you're like me. I'm the oldest guy in the room sometimes. I didn't want to show up with nothing. So I I made some assumptions, came up with some ideas I think you're going to love. If I'm off base a little bit, we'll tweak them on the fly. How's that sound? I want to show up with something. 
I don't want to show up with nothing. If you show up with nothing, I'm going to outsell you. My teams are going to outsell you because they're going to show up with ideas ready to go. They're prepared. See, when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And that's what I try to do. I try to always stay ready. That way, I don't have to, to, to get ready. All right, after I present my ideas, talk with how those ideas might mesh with what they're doing, that's when I start to move to step number seven, and that is my soft close. My soft close is usually, as we've talked about on other podcasts, the match game close. Bob, you asked for this. I told you about this. Bob, you said this was a problem, and I offered you this. Or Julie, you said that you have this issue, and I talked about this. Julie, you said you wanted lead gen, and we've got a webinar series for you. And I get to the end of that, and I say, I think we're a perfect match. What do you think? Very positive. Very positive way to end. You know when you see a conductor raise his hands at the end of an orchestra, and da-da-da, and then he brings his, his thumbs together and fingers together, and da-da-da, and it ends, and he has his hands in the air. That's what I want you to think about. Think about your hands being in the air in victory. I think that we're a perfect match. What do you think? How do you feel about it? It's a positive way to end that conversation. Now, there's a final step, the eighth step on the sales call roadmap. And again, don't forget, check down in the description. You can download this uh, online. And that's setting a time to review the proposal and follow up because most people are going to want to think about it. I'd say one in 10 are ready to buy. You know, about 50% are willing to think about it. The other 50%, eh, it's not for them, wrong time, whatever. But for me, setting a time and a date to follow up is vividly important. It's, it's one of the most important parts of the sales call. Well, Ryan, you know, I'd like to think about it. Awesome. I'm so thrilled that you want to think about it. Let's grab our phones. Let's set a time to follow up. Because I don't want to be that salesperson that's going to call you 50,000 times, leave you 10,000 emails, send you 5,000 voicemails. You know, that's, that's not the relationship that I want to have with you. So if we could just set a date on the calendar to follow up, that'd be awesome. It'll save both of us a lot of back and forth. Usually people are, are okay with it if you express it in, in that particular way. So let's look at the roadmap. We're starting out at the beginning. Time validate. Set your call agenda up front, number one. Number two, build trust fast. Not with baloney stuff that you find online. Good, solid research about their company. Number three, don't ask too many questions off the top. Instead, move to step number four, share success stories. Three of them, briefly, max. Five, determine the market presence. Do you want to be present, competitive, or dominant? I think that's an important question to ask. Along with some others, I have 10 critical questions that I ask, and you probably should too. The number six of these eight steps, presenting ideas on the spot. Number seven, the match game close. That's my close. And number eight, dun-da-da-da, I'm going to set the time and date to follow up. That's my sales call roadmap. Now, does it work every time? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much it works that way almost every single time. And so if you think about it, if you've got a map to follow, it should give you comfort. Now, granted, you need to practice this because the train can, off, can come off the rails at any moment in time. But that sales call roadmap gives you a tested and proven playbook to follow. If you run the play enough, more than likely one of those times you are going to score a touchdown. I mean, my goal here on this podcast is simple. I want to help you take your sales life to places that you never dreamed possible. And one of the best pieces of advice I can give you is look 
for repeatable patterns of success. This, my friends, the sales call roadmap is a repeatable pattern of success. All right, friends, I hope you find that to be immensely helpful. All right, coming up, tech tips, advertising tech tip advice from digital agency January Spring out in Denver, coming up next, as well as your listener questions from Julie in Denver, David in Davenport, Renee in Boston, Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions is going to join us as we dissect your questions uh, on call volume, cold calling, as well as email technology that can help you be a lot more efficient. All right, friends, we'll be back in 45 seconds. The At Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at MagazineManager.com or NewspaperManager.com. Open Look Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. All right, Ad Sales Nation, as you know, one of my favorite parts of the show is when we have an opportunity uh, to visit with uh, Charity from January Spring for our advertising uh, tech tip. And Charity, one of the things I'd love to talk with you about is the benefits of retargeting. And I know that some some folks, you know, kind of have a bad, uh, they feel like retargeting has a bad reputation because once you search for something, these ads are following you around. And the interesting piece is it works. I mean, it works for our advertisers. So what are you seeing out there in the local and the B2B market as it relates to retargeting and some success stories? No, it definitely works. Um, Industry-wide, uh, we see that um, customers are 70% more likely to convert as a result of having retargeting as one of those tactics to, to the marketing that you're using to reach them. So it definitely works. Um, we have both B2B clients as well as B2C clients that use this in their toolbox. And it's not a standalone uh, marketing tactic. You use it with print, search, email, social, um, because the whole idea is if we're driving people to your website, to your Facebook page, um, then let's make sure if they've taken the time to click that we also then show them your message another time. It's just that classic marketing rule of seven. You've got to hit people multiple times to get them ready to go. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, Nielsen um, released an exposure study and the exposure study, you know, basically said at the moment that someone gets beyond 10 exposures, it increases their intent to purchase by like 30 fold. I mean, it's really it's really awesome. Now, maybe there's some folks out there, Charity in the Ad Sales Nation, they just really don't quite understand how retargeting works. So maybe you could just um, give us a brief overview of really kind of how does retargeting work from a search perspective or uh, from some other perspectives? Yeah, retargeting is just making sure that that 
business's message is back in front of the potential customer after they have expressed some interest. So if it's a display or a social retargeting campaign, it's because somebody has clicked through to the website or to the Facebook page. And then we are able using um, a pixel to know that they came to the site and remarket to them. And in search, if somebody types in the keyword related to one of your client's um, services, then we'll make sure that we're following that person for a period of time across the web on social and in mobile in order to put that message in front of them again. It makes sense. You know, a lot of times I feel that salespeople sell the way that they want to be sold. Salespeople sell products that they like and not necessarily products that work. They sell, they sell products because they like the product. So some of you folks that maybe don't like retargeting, that's not the point. The point is we need to be giving products to our advertisers that work. And these products are working, you know, out there in all kinds of examples. Yeah. So that's, um, uh, that's retargeting has retargeting has a 10 time higher click through rate than just a traditional ad because you're only putting that retargeting ad in front of somebody that has already expressed an interest. So it definitely works. Well, and one of the beautiful things about what January spring, which you ladies do is you offer the opportunity for a publisher, a radio station or whatever to offer these digital services to your advertisers without adding any staff. That's right. We are your back office partner. And we uh, buy the media, we optimize the campaigns and really help with the technology piece of marketing. Um, and that's the beauty of our relationships with our publisher partners. You guys own the relationships. You guys are um, in your market. You know your advertisers. You know what's going to work for them. We just help you to execute. Awesome. All right, friends out there in the ad sales nation, I encourage you to rethink retargeting. And if you want to find out, uh, if they want to find out more about you and your company at Charity, where do they go online? JanuarySpring.com. All right, Charity, I look forward to next month and uh, more great advertising tech tip information. Thanks, Ryan. All right, friends, you've sent in your questions. Now it's time for us to answer those questions. And to do that, I've got sales pro business owner Mike Ober from Open Look Business Solutions uh, with us on the show. And uh, Mike, we've been knowing each other for quite some time. You sell as well as run Open Look. And uh, love to uh, run these questions from uh, Julia, David, and uh, Renee uh, by you if you, don't, uh, if you don't mind. Awesome. Ryan, thanks for having me. And uh, let's go. Let's yeah, so- sounds good. All right, so Julia from uh, Denver. Um, asks, why is there such a focus by sales managers, publishers, and companies on on call volume? And I'm going to guess that the reason there's such a focus on it is because of the law of large numbers. You know, the more people you call, the more meetings you're going to get, the more meetings, you know, the more you're going to close. Um, but I would prefer people to be a lot more specific rather than calling random numbers. But what are your thoughts on it? You've managed sales teams. You've currently got sales folks and, and uh, agents in place making phone calls. What are your thoughts on call volume? Ryan, at, at our center, most of our agents are doing somewhere between 150 to 200 calls per day, Wow, um, which it's a pretty good sized number. But of that, you know, we're, we are setting appointments or or uh, doing whatever the publisher is asking at about 10 to 20 of those those calls. So you're looking at about a 10% ratio. So let's, you know, if you dumb that down a little bit, if you're only doing 40 or 50 calls and you're only going to be setting one to two appointments. So, you know, by by increasing that call volume, you know, naturally you're going to get more business. Right. And so, you know, I guess what one of the things I focus in on is more of a focused list. So rather than doing, say, 40 blind calls a day, 
I would more focus in on like a top 20 list where we find the perfect clients, the perfect advertisers, really focus in and call them, but then also use email strategies to get in front of them and and market to them. I mean, I think I heard you right. You said like 125 calls a day? Wow. It would be 150 to 200 calls per day. So yes, it is, it is high volume. Man, oh man. I mean, just imagine as a salesperson, if you had the time to do that. <laughs> it's yeah. um, one of the reasons that you guys do what you do, um, appointment setting. Um, but now one of the things you talked about last month, which I'd love to revisit very briefly, is you guys can set the appointments but then it really is the salesperson coming behind to reconfirm the appointments and things like that. That really is the magic in this scenario of working with you guys. That's right. <clears throat> We're basically just you know turning over all the rocks to see what's there um, and giving the uh, sales rep some sort of competitive advantage so that they're not having to make those 150 to 200 calls. But then we'll narrow that down, that list down to 15 to 20 people that might have some sort of interest. Um, which is a better hit list for a sales rep coming in behind us. Yeah. Well, you know, so Julia, I don't know if there's any way that you're going to get your sales manager or whoever um, off of the call volume conversation. Maybe what you could do is suggest a more focused list rather than a list of, of randomness. Um, because sometimes if you've got to call 40 people and you've, you kind of, as a sales rep, are sort of making it up <laughs> at a certain point, cause you run, you run out of names. <laughs> that is true. I might've done that once or twice. <laughs> We've been doing this a while. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, good question, Julia and uh, good luck and a big shout out to uh, all of our friends and, and my family, uh, out in, uh, out in Denver, uh, David from Davenport. And I'm going to guess, um, this is probably Davenport, Iowa is uh, what I'm guessing. More family in Davenport, by the way. Um, David asked this question. Love to find uh, get your feedback on this one, Mike. Does cold calling still work? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, cold call, cold calling is is tough. And, and I, I realize going in every day thinking that you're going to have to make a ton of cold calls is, is kind of tough. So the way I think that we try to get around that is that you have to have some sort of hook or something to offer them or yeah. that you're not just calling a, hey, do you want to advertise? You're, you're trying to give them something or, or get them some sort of information um, so that it's not just a pure cold call. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And then I marry that cold call with um, some type of email campaign as well. And so I don't know, um, you can give me your opinion on this. And Mike, if you disagree, that's totally cool. I My pattern is every three business days. So if I reach out to somebody cold call on a Monday, um, I'm going to call first, I'm gonna, then I'm going to drop them an email. And I'm not going to call on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not going to wait till Thursday. I'm going to wait a total of until that third business day. Um, agree, disagree, too aggressive, not aggressive. What's your thoughts? Uh, no, I like that. Um, you're always a big fan of the rule of threes and, uh, I I think that works. Yeah. Um, might be a a little on the aggressive side, but you know what? That's what it takes to sell. Yeah, true enough. You know what I tell um, salespeople all the time is that you are doing to a business owner what they only wish their salespeople would do. And that is be persistent. That is so true. And so, yes. I, you know, I, I mean, I run across this all the time where I'll finally get through to an advertiser or a sponsor and they'll say, oh, Ryan, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I meant to call you back and I got busy and I went on vacation. I had to take my dog to the vet or whatever. And it's not that they're ignoring you. They just they just got busy lives and you're not a priority, you know. To right. Them. I agree. And, and a lot of times I'll even tell people, hey, I'm sorry I'm being a pest. And uh, like you said, they'll come back and say, no, nah, you're not being a pest. You know, I appreciate your persistence. 
So yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I just, I just don't feel like there's room in today's selling, selling environment for wimps. Um, we can't be sales wimps. Um, we've got to be, you know, sales strong hashtag sales strong. We've got to be, <laughs> We've got to be sales strong in this uh, in this world, you know. <laughs> uh, that's true. Hey, if you're not selling, somebody else is. Yeah, no, that's the truth. I told uh, this group um, I was just working with a, a few minutes ago on a coaching call, and I said, "Listen, if you don't want to follow this format, somebody else will, and they're going to outsell you. So get with it." So, good question, uh, David from uh, from the Midwest, uh, Davenport, go Hawkeyes. Uh, Renee from Boston's got a uh, Boston has got a, a great question. Um, she said, Ryan, you mentioned different email technology as it relates to your selling process. What is some of the technology that you use uh, email wise as a part of your sales uh, uh, process? What do you guys um, what do you guys use in your publishing business as well as as OpenLook? What do you guys um, do from an email perspective? We do use MailChimp. We use MailChimp to, you know, blast out the big message to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I find that most CRMs can take care of the emails that you want for specific events or or specific categories or industries that you might be targeting. Um, you know, most CRMs can can divide that list for you right. and then you can have a, a message that's sent out. I, I use magazine manager a lot mm-hmm. and, uh, it, it, for me that, that works really well if I'm trying to have a special issue or something in a, uh, for a particular industry. Yeah, for sure. In magazine manager, I use it as well. And a lot of my clients do under the priority tab. I separate people out prospects. I have a separate priority called in progress and a separate priority uh, called active. And what I do then is I can use the MailChimp integration to be able to email my prospects a certain message, to email my in-progress people, which are people that I've met with, a certain message. And I can then further isolate it by category. So I could say, show me automotive people that are in progress. And then using the mailing list wizard built into Magazine Manager, I can send those, those messages out very specific and categorized, which seems to work well. Yeah, that's great. What about things like Boomerang? Uh, I know you'd mentioned something about that. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I think it's like maybe 29 bucks a year or something. The cool thing about Boomerang, and you should use it immediately, is when I send an email to Mike Obert, I choose if you don't reply within one week, it's going to automatically bring it back to the top of my inbox. Or I can say, regardless of whether you reply or not, bring this email back as a reminder to the top of my inbox in two months. So if someone said to me, call me back in 30 days, I'll be ready in 30 days. I would write back to them, reply. Great. I'll talk to you in 30 days. I click the button boomerang, regardless of if he replies, bring this back to the top of my inbox on. And then it would be like, you know, October the first send, and it's going to automatically boom, pop back up on the first. Now you can use your CRM for that too, but I love uh, boomerang. And I also love If No Reply. And If No Reply is also a Gmail add-on. And it allows you to create a series of four or five custom messages, custom emails to a client. And then if they respond to them, they're not going to get the further messages. But if they don't respond to the first one, in, say, five days or whatever you set, it's going to send them the next one. And then in the next, if they don't respond within 10 days, it's going to send them the next one. So it helps a salesperson really do their job. It's called If No Reply, and you can load a template um, up into Gmail. Now, I don't think that it works in Outlook. Boomerang does. But within Gmail setup, um, If No Reply is, uh, 
is great. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. Yeah, it's really a great uh, a great tool. Well, and we're all we're all addicted to our emails too, right? So that, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That would be. Yeah, that's a great tool. So, Renee, I feel like there's a lot of email technology out there. Don't forget with an Outlook, you can use delayed delivery. So if you're going to be going to a trade show, use uh, delayed delivery. Um, Mike, it makes me crazy when I hear my sales reps say, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to be out for the holiday and so I can't get any work done or I'm going to be at a trade show. I can't get any work done. And I'm like, hey, guys, write your emails before you go. Your prospecting emails. Use delayed delivery in Outlook or Boomerang in Gmail and set your emails to be sending while you're gone. Let technology work for you. And I think you'll see some real benefit from it. So that's a good one. Um, it's a good one, Renee. Hey, so um, Mike, what are some uh, what's some projects that you're working on uh, right now for uh, media companies uh, that you can tell us about that are working great? Hey, uh, I'll tell you, we, we are doing a project with uh, Mark Frey with uh, Hilton Head. And uh, with all of the new privacy laws with Facebook, uh, their, their tool that they were using to scrape down events from Facebook so that they could populate their website with the most current events that were happening in Hilton Head. Um, we're doing that for him. So we've got a team, our data team that is scraping down these events and listing them, listing them. And, uh, he's putting them on his website and we're getting somewhere between hundred, 150 events, uh, per month for him. So it's, it's really, it's been a great solution for him. Um, it's been great for us as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's been a good, it's been fun. That's excellent. The man. So I, you know, I think there might be a little bit of a misunderstanding by some folks. Open look business solutions is not just a telemarketing uh, company. You guys have graphic designers that do graphic design. You've got data specialists that'll do cleanup data, deep, uh, deduplication circulation work. And of course, you know, you've got the telemarketing side of right. things as we, well. Yeah, we call the data entry human intelligence task. So it's things that somebody physically has to see or touch, um, you know, to, to make sure that it's the proper data. No, that's great. That's great. So how are things in Texas? Hopefully the uh, the hot weather is over down there. I'm hoping. Good, nah, Good night. It's still a little bit hot. I, they, there was a joke the other day as, as you go into September, you know what that means in Texas. What's that? Two more hot months. <laughs> Well, the good news is for business owners in Texas, uh, no business tax, right? So there's a good benefit to being in Texas. (laughs) That is right. That is right. Well, Mike, I sure appreciate um, you supporting the uh, Ad Sales Nation folks out there in the Ad Sales Nation uh, podcast. And uh, for folks that are looking to find you online, uh, where do they learn about more about what you and Brad and Kevin and and the rest of the team are doing? Where do they find that? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, We are at, you can find us at open-look.com. So there's a dash between the open and the look. So open-look.com. And uh, my number's out there, or you can email me from there. But uh, yeah, give us a call. Any projects that you that people out there might need, let us know. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate uh, really appreciate your support of the program. And I uh, look forward to uh, hanging out with you next month. We'll answer some more uh, listener questions. Sounds great. Thanks, Ryan. And that's it. There's our podcast for the month. Big thank you once again to Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions, Charity Huff and Shannon over at Digital Agency, January Spring. And of course, the official CRM provider of the Ad Sales Nation is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. You know, we've got uh, 17, 18 hours of training available for you online. So be sure to go over to 360adsales.com and check that out. Also, you can find the podcast, blogs, and all kinds of other great information, 360adsales.com, 360adsales.com. And my email address is easy. It's just ryan at brainswellmedia.com, ryan at 
brainswellmedia.com. Reach out. Any questions? Happy to answer your questions. Love to train your team. Love to send you some books. Love to coach your team. You name it. We're here to help you make your ad sales dreams come true. Sounded kind of creepy, didn't it? (laughs) We're going to make your ad sales life bigger, badder, and better. All right, friends. Remember, if ad sales was easy, everybody be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy or we've found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right, friends. God bless. We'll see you out on the streets. 